hidden behind closed doors. This is Beer and Beer Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. Jason, what movie are we talking about today? Today, we're going to discuss RKO's 1952 Macau, in quotation marks. <laughs> Michael, what are you drinking today? All right, today, this is a great beer, isn't it? Cheers. Oh, it is. Cheers. Cheers. It's Van Ice. A little play on Van Nuys, where it's made. Delicious. It is from Van Nuys Brewing Company, which is an offshoot of McLeod Brewing. McLeod Brewing is this great little brewery. They've been around since 2014, I think. So this is just a nice, easy-drinking lager. And what McLeod does is they do a lot of British Isles beers. That's mostly their focus. So they did a little imprint offshoot brewery. That does stuff like this, a light lager, easy drinking lager, and some American-style IPAs. So McLeod is the big one, Van Nuys Brewing Company. Van Ice. Nice. This is good, isn't it? It is really good. And first of all, they're a sponsor. They did sponsor us. Thank you so much, Thank guys. You so we, much. I went there. I finally got there. I've been wanting to go there a long time. They're all on board. I asked you, this is your movie yes. you picked, and I said, hey, take a look at what they have, the, the Van Ice. He said, because what we're doing is we're doing, this is a Robert Mitchum movie. Robert Mitchum movie. We love Robert Mitchum. Yes. And you felt Robert Mitchum is, I feel like this would be the kind of beer he might drink. Yes. He'd just be, and also Macau, they tell you right in the beginning, this place is hot. It's hot. Hot, hot, hot. To be honest, if it's that kind of hot, oftentimes you're not going to be drinking like an Imperial Stout. No. It might be too, you want something that's going down fast and cold. Van Ice. That'll do it to you. Yeah. 4.1%. I'm looking at their can. They have a lot of awards that they've won for their brewing and for this beer itself. It's a little spot on this little street. They're doing some expansion. Their beer is so good, though, dude. I'm telling you. it's They don't really distribute. You have to go there, which is kind of fun. But also, when you're selfish, I don't live too close to it. You go, I would like to be able to go to the store and buy the stuff. But they're getting there, and it's worth it. It's a cool spot. And like I said, I, I've said it too many times already. Uh, good people, fantastic beer. Excellent. They're totally supporting us. So yeah. thanks again, guys. Thanks again. I totally think Robert Mitchum would drink this beer. I have no idea. But this just seems I wish I could like, find out. Yes. <laughs> I wish I really do. We we have such a man crush on Robert Mitchum. It's kind of this is I think the third movie. Out the, of the past. Out of the past. The locket. And this. So you picked it. Yes. And reasons. So when we look at why we're looking at some B-movies, we want to bounce around. I was looking at some film noir lists, and I came across this movie, had not heard of it. It's not on a lot of lists. At the same time, I have to admit, I got a free copy of it. <laughs> because, A, I wouldn't call this a film noir. No, no. It obviously. has some noir qualities, but it's not a straight film noir. And second, considering the cast, everything behind it, I even question what it's B-movie bonafides, in a way. Because this well, was kind of a bigger production with stars, a known director, Joseph von Sternberg, <laughs> even though it didn't go very well. And they ended up handing it off to Nicholas Ray, who's uncredited in the, in the credits. But Nicholas Ray did direct some. So in some ways, I even wonder... Is this a B movie? Well, I get it. It's RKO. So let's let's throw it is down R there. It it's is R RKO. RKO. So there, there's a check in the yeah. yes. Mitchum was under contract at the time for for them. It's more of a an adventure adventure romance. romance. Yeah, it was a complete flop when it came out. 
I think one New York Times critic referred to it as being flim flam. <laughs> you know, it was an RKO budget, so it still wasn't a big budget at that time. They had some <laughs> B-roll from Macau, <laughs> but they did not. It was not shot on location. No, no. In fact, it, it was just like the opening. That was well. No, they actually got someone to go there, and he said, "There's this famous memo where he said these are all the people that I have to bribe <laughs> to do any shoot." The shooting of this picture was probably more B-movie noir. <laughs> the yes. actual movie itself. This is one of the movies where you look at it, as Mike said, we have this cast, Mitchum, Jane Russell. Jane Russell, whoa, and William Bendix, William and Bendix, Gloria Graham. And Gloria Graham. I think those are the principles. Yeah. And Gloria Graham just filmed In a Lonely Place with Humphrey Bogart. She's great, but also, she did not want to be in this movie at all. Okay, <laughs> and, and that kind of shows. There's a, she, she does have sort of a world where every, every scene she's in, she sort of looks like... I don't really want to be here. One, she went directly to Hughes and asked not to be in the movie, and he would not release her. <laughs> Two, when Nicholas Ray came on, they were married at the time, but I think going through a divorce, and she said, if there's anything you can do to get me out of this movie, <laughs> and I think she kind of said, I think there was a deal made where, like, I won't, you don't have to pay alimony, just get me out of this movie, and he couldn't get her out of the movie either. So it had all these background issues with the movie. Mitchum and the director... Did not get along. Yeah. Sternberg, he didn't think actors were that important. He sort of thought they were just part of the setting. So he was not friendly to his actors. He did not necessarily take them seriously. And Robert Mitchum was kind of a no-nonsense dude. Yeah. Disrespecting Robert Mitchum, he's probably just going to mess with you. And that's what he did. That's what he did because Sternberg had this rule of no food or drink on the set. Mitchum would start bringing, he would bring a basket of food and hand out sandwiches to people but at one time, Sternberg said to him, he's like, you're going to get fired. And Mitchum looked at him like, he goes, I'm not the one that's going to get fired from this. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty awesome. And it's true. It's true. But, but it does show, because I'll say it up front, I enjoy this movie. So do I. But it's clunky. It is. It, it's only an hour and 20 minutes. But it, it just kind of, it, there's no kind of rhythm or pacing to it. It's just, here's a scene. It feels like the people making it were just trying to get the hell out of there. They just, we're not going to try to get too fancy or creative or anything. No. What really propels this is, you know, Robert Mitchum, Jane, Jane Russell. Russell, William Bendix is yes. great as the cop. You brought up that they ended up writing a bunch of their own scenes. Yeah, I watched on the Warner Archive DVD, and I think you could find segments of it online. There is a 1996 interview where Robert Osborne interviews Robert Mitchum a year before he dies and um, Jane Russell together. Because Robert Mitchum and Jane Russell were friends. He asked them about making of this movie and at one point he said when nicholas ray came aboard he kind of brought in legal pads and pencils and was like hey kind of summarizing what they said but like write them in the morning we'll film at the end of the day they wrote some great lines <laughs> oh especially yeah. she has great great oh, lines. great i mean so, this movie is about lines so all right let's get into it okay spoiler yeah. alert yes absolute spoiler <laughs> alert going forward we get a little voiceover talking about you know just giving you the breakdown of what macau's like with this panning shot of a harbor and Macau it's kind of seedy so it sort of lays the foundation yeah. for you know did it catch off guard that that voiceover sound like at first you're gonna watch like a national geographic it totally it totally <laughs> did it did. Make sense or, or an old newsreel yeah. it was, it's like update tokyo yeah, exactly. <laughs> at first i'm like oh is this gonna be a police procedural in Macau? <laughs> better get more cigarettes over to the boys and then we go again right into the intrigue because we're getting this chase on the docks and a guy in a linen suit, tons of linen suits, is being chased, and he gets a knife in the back. Yes. And that scene, 
that's where you see the directors. I think that was the one scene where you're like, okay, that looks like the movies that Sternberg had shot in the past. If that, that could... draped nets that look like you're being caught in the spider web. Those are the coolest parts of, as far as visual spectacle. Those scenes down in the docks, like the chase scene, and completely silent. Are... Yeah. There's no dialogue. And, and that's, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Because you do. You get this guy running frantically from these other guys, and then they throw a knife. And like, I'm thinking film the war right off. Yeah, I'm thinking that, or Spy, or yeah. something. Like, if the rest of the film had been shot like this, they would have had a hit. The American dude in the white suit is in the water. Yeah. He's dead. Yeah. What I do like is we get the next scene where they have found him, yes. and he had a badge and a ring. Yes. So he was married. And it's a little touch that you go, oh, somebody's going to be really sad. Yeah. You know? And it's the International Police in Hong Kong calling the I, New York Police Commissioner. I guess saying, that was hey. before Interpol. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I International think Police. So because it's not, Interpol. They, yeah, then, they, they didn't call it Interpol yeah. before they started shortening things up. I didn't know that this really happened, that you send your city cops overseas. I, I don't think that ever Just me. <laughs> I think that's a job for the CIA or something. I don't think, you know, I, I know it happens a lot, like Tubbs going yeah. to Florida and just going. You said the U.S. Marshals or the FBI. I mean, we had those in the 50s, but I don't know if you, there's a, a, a so dead they, New York yeah, detective. Yeah, so they call him up and say, your dude's dead, come get him. And so once again, you're thinking, okay, like this is going to be like a criminal case. It's going to be no nonsense. And then it jumps to an ocean liner. Okay, and this whole sequence is a little disturbing. Yeah. Because Jane Russell, she's hanging out with this loser. This guy, he's like dancing. They're in that a cabin. Is, that starts to I'm like, wait a second. We've just changed major tone in this. Totally. Because, because he's like, he's dancing the cha-cha. Oh, and he's just, everything about him is loser and creepy. And he wants to party. And she's just, I mean, from the jump, man, she's just fantastic. She has this presence on about her. And you can tell she wants nothing to do with this clown. No. She's and the so, good bad girl that you find she, in the film noir. She is, because this dude gets a little handsy. He yes. he thinks, and he says, I bought, basically, I bought your ticket from Hong Kong to Macau. You kind of owe me, so give me the goodies. And so she fights him off, but he's he's going to rape her, is essentially what's going to happen here. He's going to force himself on her, and she's fighting him off. I watched this with my wife, and she looked at the character, and she's like, that woman is playing a dangerous game. And she knows it, because she's been doing it all through... You know, this character is running from something. Throughout, there are moments where she says something or she she reacts in a way that you go, she's been burned. That's a great way of putting it. Jenny is spot on. She's playing a dangerous game because she does. It, she'll use a guy. It's a dangerous game to play, especially in post-war Macau. Yeah, and I find that scene funny because she pulls off her shoe like she's going to huck it at him. And then you realize there's a giant window that everybody can see what's going on. And it's open. It's open. It's wide open. They're having a party. Again, I've never been on a cruise, but I didn't think they had picture windows on your cabin. I mean, like... But what was great, what what works out in her favor is along comes Mitchum. Nick Cochran. She throws the shoe, hits him, and then he gets involved, knocks the loser out. But what's great is that it's just, to me, it's kind of classic Mitchum characteristic in movies sometimes. He's not some chivalrous dude. No. He knocks the dude out, looks around, sees a bunch of booze, and he goes, hey, you and I party. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's not like he's going, young lady, I'm going to help you. If he hadn't got hit by the shoe, he's going to walk by. He's not going to go, that woman needs help. Sometime on that ship, someone would see Jane Russell because every man who sees her, there's always that cartoon, like, wolf eyes were like, wah, wah. It it goes from, um, you know, like, admiration from enjoying to, like, lecherous. Yes. 
you saw that first that shot when you first see Jane Russell. It is like going up her skirt. It starts from the ankles and it goes all the way up to show her. And she's she, she's a knockout. She is beautiful. And I mean, if I saw her, you you'd have to look. Yeah, and, that's one of those where your wife goes, "You saw that, yeah, right?" <laughs> exactly. And her attire, the costuming she in this she wear a dress. for her spot on in this movie, and just watching this movie for her fashion or her singing songs is well worth it. But she looks at. Nick Cochran, Robert Mitchum, and says, would you mind giving me a hand? He's like, don't think I wouldn't enjoy that. I, I know. <laughs> like, constant little zinger window. Like There's the little lines throughout, and then she's at, he's like standing in her way, and she goes, one side, Clyde. Yeah, like, and she delivers them in this brassy way that you just, you're, yeah. you're like. Some girls don't think I'm so bad. She's like, well, it's all matter of taste. I mean, just <laughs> back and forth. and But he grabs her and plants a kiss on her and if you watch really carefully I didn't see it for the first couple times and I didn't realize and she zoinks his wallet that's where she picks his pocket and she accepts the kiss as like payment for you know somewhat yeah you prevented me from exactly a bad situation but he just like he just Gut punch that guy. The guy passed out. I, <laughs> it wasn't look, in the face. It's like I know. right in the gut. <laughs> but that that just shows you the power of Mitchum, yes. and that that guy just sucked. It's weird because it is hilarious. But then when you think about what, what going was on, going on, you you, like, you go. Cool. So then we we get introduced to Trumbull, dealer in coconut oil, Did you write buttons, that? fertilizer, <laughs> nylon hose, and later on also cigars. But it's that's all he has. Exactly. That's all he has. He has the nylons, but then his suitcase is just... He's just a huckster. He's a smuggler. And what we learn also is that, in fact, he is the true undercover officer that's wink. been sent. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink. You don't realize it because he plays such a... Kind of the comedic element so, to this. So he's... Of course, he sees Julie... Yeah, Jane Russell's name is Julie. Julie Benton. He sees Julie and he goes, "Ooh!" Goes up, does the spiel, yeah. and she goes, "Nylons." This is another great line because yeah. he said, "You is this your first time at Macau?" And she goes, "From what I hear, once is too often." Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Exactly. I mean, you, it's what like film noir we've talked about it, but and then this it's no different. Where you just go, nobody talks like this. No, but it would be so great. Just if for one day, you could go around with every cool line. Because right. that whole scene is full of lines. Because he asks her, why are you making this trip? And she looks at him and she's like, you got any small questions? Because that's like a bit, I mean, yeah. it's a perfect response, but it's snarky. It shows that she's this bad girl. Like, you know, I have, she has a chip on her shoulder. Exactly. And it's ex- brought up more than once. Yes. <laughs> but it, but at the same time, for most people, that is a simple question. Why are you going to Macau? Yeah. I'm on vacation. Yeah. I have business. Yeah. There's some real quality characterization. He gives her the nylons. And she, she wants to pay him because she's like, there's no free rides. Yeah. Basically, and he says, no, they're, they're complimentary. And she does not like to hear that. And he goes, no strings attached because the guy yeah. that just bought her the ticket yes. had some strings. Yeah. But you, and she's you, used to probably she's jaded. Yes. strings. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's no free ride. And, and Julie knows this. So what's great is she's putting her nylons on, taking her old ones, just throwing them. Right I, in the ocean. I love just throwing them in the ocean. It's fantastic. But one of them is caught by Nick, who's down on a below yeah. deck. Another pervy thing because he, he looks up. up. Yeah, he's looking up and, and he goes up, and there, there's this little exchange between him and Trumbull and her, and it's great. And Trumbull, Trumbull picks up, like, yeah, there's a little something going on between those yeah. two, even though you'd see them yeah. and they're just arguing. Yeah. When she ends up walking away, Nick goes to put the nylon, he's going to keep the nylon. It's like, that's pervy, bro. <laughs> You're like, well, panty sniffer. Exactly. 
That's, I, I was like, I was hoping he's like, yeah, he's not gonna go anywhere with this stupid panty sniffer. But, but she, what, she asked him, she's like, because she realized that if he caught it, that he was down below. She's like, enjoy the view, and he's something. What's well, not the Taj Mahal or the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, but it's not bad. When he goes to put the nylons in his pocket to perv out later, he realizes my wallet. Oh, she took my wallet. What do you think she he realized that she took it or that he realized like it's gone? I think he realized it she did it. Okay. Cuz you know what? He's probably not out hugging a lot of people. I mean, you do realize that she did take it. She took the money and threw his wallet. Like she likes to throw stuff in the ocean. A lot of people in this movie <laughs> casual littering yes, into the you, ocean. You, you want to know where a lot of the litter has, came from that's in the ocean? Yeah. Just watch old 1952 movies. 1952 the cow. People really did do that. Not the perfect film, but some great scenes because each of them, they all get to customs. There's the photographer guy with the bird, which I thought was great. He's just sitting there blowing this bird sound, and he's got a bird on a stick that I guess you're supposed to look at, and you take a picture, and it's a whole thing. But they get to customs because the three of them, there are three approaches. Julie is straight up antagonistic. She's just yelling at them as they're going through stuff. They're asking her questions. She's just sassy and brassy. Nowadays, you get arrested for her behavior. Yeah. She even says to the guy, what are you, a cop? And Trumbull comes in, he's all honey sweet, and he bribes him. He bribes him. Because he's, he's saying, I also have cigars. And he's like, here, try some. Gives, yeah. And the guy goes, oh, have fun. And then Nick, he comes up, he's all, oh, shucks. I'm going to be honest with you. Yep. You look like a guy who likes people being straight with you. I realize that my wallet and my visa have been stolen. We get introduced to our first bad guy. <laughs> Sebastian, yes, Lieutenant like the, Sebastian, the, lo- the local cop. So Nick has to go talk to him, and he says, "Hey, this is my situation." And he's like, "Do I go to the jail? You deport me?" And he goes, "Ah, oh, go see the consulate. It's all good." Lieutenant Sebastian has a strange line where he says, "It is our fond hope that all visitors to Macau should feel as untroubled here as Adam in the Garden of Eden." Nick goes, "Untroubled? That ain't the way I heard it." <laughs> And what we do find out here also is that Nick was in the army. Yeah, the, Signal Corps. Uh, Signal Corps. Yep. It's kind of an important little yeah. tidbit. Again, we get a little exposition. It's like, we got to explain something so this cabbie makes sure we know a man named Vince Halloran is kind of the big wig in this big town. Big boss. Big yeah. man. He is the big man. He's yeah. building casinos all over. Yeah. Because then Sebastian, Vince, is talking to his, his girl Margie yes. and his right-hand man. This is an important point yeah. because... He's got his guy there, and he says, you know, your brother hasn't come back from Hong Kong. They have this discussion about, hey, he was doing some business in Hong Kong, this guy's brother. And the guy goes, you know, he's never before. He's never ripped anyone off. And and Vince is basically saying, you know, there's always a first time. But that's important down the road. And this is where you see Vince's girl Friday at this time, Margie, Margie. played by Gloria Graham, where she seems completely disinterested in this role and seems to just want to kind of either overact or like give smirky looks. I like her. I, oh, I do too. She, I, I, don't I think understand. she's pretty great because this is where Sebastian comes in, and he has pictures of their three principals. The cop that was killed, they think a new cop is coming. Yeah. And of course, they think Nick. Yes. He goes, oh, he's got this line. He yeah. doesn't have a passport. Yeah. He was in the army. So this is our guy. They've got this hilarious picture of William Bendix that yeah. he took at customs. <laughs> it's just awesome. And he's actually a cop. So they're, they're screwing up already. They're screwing up already. And then, of course, for some reason, he has a picture of a beautiful woman. Vince looks at it and goes, like, ooh, what's going on here? It's like, oh, she's a singer. And he goes, I need a singer. I need a singer. We get a few things throughout where Trumbull reveals who he is, that he's not just some bumbling salesman. And one of the things is when he asks specifically, how do I call Hong Kong? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how it works, but he said, there's no phones. <laughs> we have no phones. you got to use a cable in my office. And then we get to like a comedy relief. 
that we're not even going to talk about. <laughs> Because it is racist. <laughs> it's racist, and then it's reversed because you realize that this woman, you know, she, she speaks perfect she, English and yes. everything like that. She asks him about the Dodgers and Giants and who does he want. And he yeah, has, it's he a has a response where he spits out his cigar. Yes. He comes from a comedy background, and we are at the hotel. Nick gets a knock at his door, and the bellhop is like... And this is where I think that Nick didn't realize that she stole his money, because... The, the bellhop at the hotel asked me, he's like, hey, are you American? He's like, yeah, I am. And he's like, hey, is this real American money? And he looks at this $2 bill and he realizes it's his writing on it or something that he wrote. And he's like, yeah, where'd you get this from? And he says, oh, the woman who checked in down. Because he goes down, lets himself into her room. Well, that's, in Macau, you can just knock on the door and then walk in. If no and she's her. clearly like in the shower or something. Yeah. He sits down, finds his money, takes his money yeah. out. She comes out. Yeah. They're having this whole thing. Yeah. Sebastian, the cop, shows up to say, hey, I got a job for you. You're a singer. You didn't sing at this casino. But he sees Nick, and he goes, oh, I'm glad you're here because I got to kick you out because vagrancy. You don't have any money. The old John Rambo thing. Yeah. You're a vagrant. <laughs> <laughs> and she slips him back his money, and he goes, ah, ah, ah. Joke's on you. I have money now. And then he looks at him and he goes, hey, haven't you lost weight? Just allow- I mean, I don't, like, there's dig like that. I know. So Sebastian, he leaves and goes right to the window, and he's trying to peek in. He's trying, he's trying to peek in and watch her change. So much, like, pervy stuff going on in this. I mean, granted, she is a knockout. She is. In every, like, every scene, she has a new costume. And, and this, all, like, slits up the skirt that just yeah. show great long oh, legs. Great, yeah. I mean, And this movie is notorious. You can look it up. Howard Hughes wrote very long memos regarding how things fit on Jane Russell's in regard to this movie. Like minutia he would spend on how things were supposed to be cut and fit for her in this movie. Well, he had his own issues. Yeah, he did. He did. Julie no. goes to the casino then. Yes. To meet Vince. And that's where we first get our introduction to the blind beggar. Yes. Who plays a key role. Yeah, of the weak links, I mean, the filmmaking is sort of not very interesting. Of the actors, for me personally, the weak link in this movie is Vince. Yeah. Because the character, I never feel he's a really dangerous yeah. He always talks about the three-mile limit. There's a three-mile limit that you're safe within three miles of the shore of Macau. If you go beyond that, ugh, and it, the international police are going to get you. It, and he goes on about it a lot. Killed someone. Yeah. And he doesn't want to leave Macau. But I'm thinking, like, okay, well. You sure talk about it a lot, but well, I mean, it's still a Portuguese colony at this time. Like, why isn't Portugal still? I mean, it's, money, <laughs> money, money, I guess, you know. But, but yeah, he's just one of those guys you go, I don't. I don't want to go have lunch with that guy. He's just going to talk about the three mile limit. The actor's Brad. The guy. Dexter. The guy had a career. Yeah. And this one though, I just the lines. I had to rewind no. a lot because I couldn't understand it. Was he was mumbling? He them. Like he had a mouthful of marbles. Julie comes in. She tries to negotiate. And I'm going to give you a hundred dollars, and she goes, "I can sing a lot better, better for 150. 150." He's like, "Awesome." People come here to gamble, not to listen to singers. Really, I'll pay you a hundred. He goes, "Think about." It. She's like, "I've thought about it. I'm taking the job." <laughs> You know, think about calling me Vince. And she's like, okay, boss. And leaves. So she's now hired Jobs in Macau. You just find the right person. Hired like this. And he brings in a guy named Gimpy. Yeah. What's your real name? Gimpy? Gimpy. I have to pause because that guy, he was the son of the President Nick Roger back in the 1890s. But the guy went to West Point, but he was a major piano player. Anyway. I just opened a second because it goes down so smooth. Van Ice. This is a great beer. It is. It's a little chill out today, but like if it was scorching hot, like if, if you're sitting there listening to a baseball game, like in the olden days, 
if we're in Macau, if we were in Macau uh, again, I mentioned this a lot, but I grew up in the Midwest on the Mississippi River where it gets humid. But places like Macau, I understand, get even more humid. I've been in that, not Macau, but in that area. And it's the same thing where you shower in the morning and your hair, you never dry. No, the you dry yourself. You're like, I dried that leg three <laughs> times. And you're sweating. You, I, you walk off the plane. And you're sweating. And all of a sudden, just bam, it just pulls the perspiration out of you. It's Thanks again, guys. Uh, McLeod and Van Nuys Beer Company. Yeah, perfect for this movie particularly did you see that gauge at one time that said like i don't yeah. know if that was the weather gauge or what it was but i think said, it was air air the air pollution okay that, that's how i took it because i'm thinking it said healthy for plants not unhealthy for humans. for humans and then the market started at six i mean it was showing it was 80 but the market started at 65 i assume it was fahrenheit but i have no idea what that gauge was but they flashed it on the screen at one point in time to insinuate that macau is going to be very hot yeah and something's gonna go wrong because it's unhealthy for humans well it is when you get people throwing knives in other people's backs yeah. our uh, villain vince is doing interviews today because when julie leaves then nick walks in. nick's happy he's hanging at the bar <laughs> just hanging and the guy told him go to the consulate and then he, he said he's walking around without a passport yeah. so he has his interview and that's when we learn he can sail anything that floats. Yes. Which is uh, important. It's one of those you watch it one time. When you go back, you notice a lot of little little, little clues, bread little crumbs. breadcrumbs coming along. So Vince is basically telling him, you know, I got nothing for you. He, Vince knows his name. He's got a picture of him on his desk. He said, why don't you go back to New York? And, and he said, I haven't been in New York in five years. Yeah. Vince assumes this is the cop. Nick Cochran, the character, is kind of put off by like why is all these like what's this insinuation because vince never comes out and says i know you're the cop his treatment of nick is very different because it seemed like the last cop was there once God. they found it was a cop they killed him yeah no it, it, absolutely i don't i thought the same thing every time like, i watch this kill the guy now. Well, well also we go from this to the three dice game that you were talking yes. about well we have julie we have julie singing you kill me and then as they're playing the dice game it goes from the scene where they're talking right to that, so I thought it was the same moment, but it's not. It's later. Yes, like later this. In the, the, the interview was at one p.m. Yeah. and this is nine p.m. and their Trumbull's playing. They're having this chat, and he, and he goes, "Hey, why don't you play?" So they got loaded dice. Yeah. He basically sets Nick up. He gets Margie to make Nick win, yeah. and it's like thirty-five to one odds. Yeah. So he's like, he works up to like twelve grand or something, because he says, "Hey, roll again, you'll be rich." And the night last time, he loses it all. It was really just him saying, don't press your luck. He wants him to leave, and it seems like he's trying to buy him off to go. So I thought, why not let him take the 12? What was his plan if Nick said, hell no, I'm not going to bet the 12? Exactly. I mean, I'm taking this. Thanks. Later. I'm going to cash out, right? I mean, meanwhile, Trumbull is doing like his own, ooh, he's doing some comic relief. It's a fun little scene. Margie's dress is amazing. I think they're trying to show the villain Vince as a saying, listen, I'm the one who has control here. Yeah. Don't press your luck. I can make you win. I can make you break. And I break. can make you lose. Exactly. I so. can make you or break you. Then he turns right around and offers him a job, says, hey, I can I can give you six. You yeah, can just go you, to Hong Kong. I mean, this is where you see it, the chop, because the same thing when I first saw that scene, since the transition from their interviews to all of a sudden Julie singing and them playing the game's called Sick Bow or High Low. It's a, yeah. It's, a, it's the other dice game that you could play. It's basically every dice roll. You roll three dice, you win or lose. He just he, said no to a job. And now they're say, playing dice. Money, then I'm going to offer you. They a job. give you no sense of time <laughs> passing. So he offers him the job. 
Nick takes it because he's hard up at this point. Nick has no idea the shenanigans that are swirling around him. No. So then he meets Julie. They have their little night. That's an important night because that establishes it is. the They're romance. having a good time. And then he tells this story. He has a great line where he, he talks about, I'd be lonely on New Year's Eve yeah. in the middle of Times Square. And he has a friend who has a plantation on an island. And he offered him a gig. Julie thinks that would be grand. And he realizes, you know what? He wasn't going to take it because he didn't want to do it. And he's thinking, no, I'm going to actually do this. And he tells her, I've got a job tomorrow. Let's do this. I'll contact you in a month. I'll bring you. And that's she just freezes up. And you can tell she's heard that line before. She's heard it. If she had a nickel for every time a guy said, I'll send for you in a month. There's two lines in there that really characterize these two characters because Julie says everybody's lonely and worried and sorry everybody's looking for something and he's basically also says I don't think about things when I'm in action and they have the romantic kiss part of this movie is watching Jane Russell sing songs because they take up segments of this movie it's an hour it's an hour and 20 minutes she sings three songs yes basically a music video yes of her singing one entire song in an hour and 20 minute movie again just kind of shows what was going on behind the scenes we take about three minutes and just could, to show someone sing a song. The editor they, was just going, I got nothing, buddy. They hired Jewel Stein and Leo Robin to write these songs. Jewel Stein is one of, like, I think he's written... Well, Johnny people. Mercer wrote one. And Johnny Friday. Mercer wrote yeah. one of the songs, too. And yeah. so you hire these people to write these songs for Jane Russell to sing. You know, you look at their background of all the songs that they wrote. No, money, and, money was thrown into yeah. this and nothing came out of it. It lost <laughs> monies. After that, Nick's in his apartment... Trumbull shows up at his door, and there are flowers there. Who the hell are the flowers from? They're from Julie. doesn't say Julie, does it? There's a no, little note says, that says, what is the note Thanks say? yeah. for the dream. Because he asked her later on, and she kind of insinuates, yeah, I, you know, I, I gave you the flowers. I missed that part. But it made no sense, been, because they left on very unpleasant exactly. terms. My thing has always been, if I send flowers, it's not after we had a terrible time. Exactly. It's not, that's sort of an insult. I'm thinking that she went back and reflected and saying, you know, I have this chip on my shoulder. I mean, I'm reading this because this is choppy. So now Trumbull wants to get Nick involved. And so he's got a diamond that belongs to a necklace in, in Hong Kong. Nick goes, it sizzles like an egg. Yeah. <laughs> which means it's hot. And so, and he goes, it's cool enough to sell, which is also <laughs> a great line. First of all, this is Vince's diamond. He's involving a guy who has no idea. He's just a, a civilian to go tell to a gangster who murders people and try to sell him back his own stuff. That he what, has to know. What the hell? kind of plan is that but nick goes for it and this is one of my favorite exchanges nick goes because he has a meeting with vince and he goes and margie's there and she basically says you know hey what's up and she says are you ready to leave and nick says unless you got a better offer and margie replies won't buy you a ticket to hong kong her better offer i think <laughs> has to do with with something that's not money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is just great. Well, I think Margie, she likes Nick. She likes him. Well, it's that classic, she sort of pines for Vince, and Vince, I don't think, has any interest, but she's just like waiting for him. But at the same time, she sees this is a good guy. He's Robert Mitchum. Clearly she's been with Vince for a while, because at the beginning where she's looking at someone wanted to um, use a bracelet as a bet, and it has diamonds in it. And he looks at her because she likes it. He's like, you know, diamonds would just cheapen you. And she says something to the fact like, well, that's a good way to be cheap or something like that. So they've been around together, but all of a sudden Nick shows up and she's like, you know what? I've had enough time with Vince. I'm going to slowly 
throw my weight behind But it's inconsistent. Yeah, it's it is. like an inconsistent thing because she tries. She's like, you got to take her when you leave because yeah, that's exactly. our deal. Take the canary. Take, take the canary. So he, tr- he tries to involve Vince in this deal. And, of course, Vince is like, he smells the setup. He goes, three-mile limit. <laughs> you got to go to, you gotta go to Hong <laughs> Kong with me to get the rest of but this. But it also doesn't make sense. Like, I mean, it gets convoluted here. <laughs> Oh, it's absolutely! Not, it's not well, important. Well, because we're starting, we're we're picking up. Trumbull, yeah. Trumbull gives Nick a gun. Yeah, because now so the I, scenes go like this. Yes, everything really picks up, and he has a gun for Nick. And when you go back and watch it a few times, you yeah. see the progression of yeah. Trumbull. With the first time through, you're you're going, "What's up with this guy?" Yeah, you know. First of all, he's not the salesman. He's got all the cigars. Yeah. He's bribing guys. Now he's giving him a gun. He's got diamonds, and he's trying to be all just came into me, and I'm a legit guy. Just Came into something. Yeah. Because you do see the next scene after um, is that he's out there fishing. In the middle of the ocean, and beyond the three-mile three limit. In, in, in like a little bass boat <laughs> yeah. or something. It's a tiny what little... What they call those... I think they use sand, the sandpan. Sandpan. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Is that seaworthy? No. Because he's got to go beyond the three-mile <laughs> limit. Three miles out in the ocean on that thing, no way. The international police show up. And what I love is that they said, hey, you got to be careful of the sun. Yeah. Come on board and drink some alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's... Don't get me wrong, like right now, because... Yeah. You truly realize now, he is Lieutenant Brian. This is where every... NYPD. It's finally, the egg is cracked open. Yeah. And yeah. he's been trying to get a hold of them, but there's no way to contact people through the hotel. Remember he when is, he asked about the yeah, phone? You can't like, call Hong Kong. Can they have tried another hotel? Like So now you know that Trumbull is actually the undercover guy. And he's basically sent Nick to die. Yes. This movie was playing it real. Next we go Nick's at the docks to meet Vince because yeah. they're going to go in the middle of the night to Boy, Hong Kong. Boy, those docks, they're from the docks from the very beginning. Those are some creepy docks. Like, the rest of Macau seems bright and cheery, but when you go to the docks... Oh, boy. <laughs> and the blind guy was like, hey, I live on a sandpan like everyone else. I'm like, a bunch of people live down there. <laughs> you know? I'd probably need a lot of beer. Because he's waiting for Vince at that scene. And Vince shows up. Nick Cochran wants to light a cigarette. And he leans over because Vince is going to end He's like holding it far away. Far away. And of course, someone like right in the back of the neck. Knocks him out. Why they don't kill him right there, I have no idea. Vince, it doesn't look like he paused to kill the first undercover agent. And then he has a convoluted reason why he didn't want to kill. I mean, it doesn't. No, it doesn't make sense. I mean, you know what? They try to make it too complicated. Sometimes you got to keep things simple. Like there's nothing more simple than just a good lager i love you know we've talked about yeah. we, we've had different we've had pumpkin ales on yeah. i love you know yeah we've had different types of beer on and and you and you can get really you know elaborate with your beer but i mean there's i'm kind of sometimes I'm, I, I just go what i want is something like this it's just cheers i mean it's just got that classic lager head it's a little thin it's it's big but it's thin classic beer in general if you're not a beer drinker and you say beer to people, this is what they think. Yeah, absolutely. The yeah. color, the taste, everything like that. Yep, it's, this is... It's great. They had it on tap when I was there. I tried it. I picture, like, this is what our grandpas were drinking. Yeah. I mean, my grandpa was a farmer. But, like, guys who would, get, like, get out of the factory, punch clock, and they'd all take their lunch pail, walk across the street to the bar that was set up across the street. You, you know what's funny <laughs> is now I'm thinking about it. Like, I think... Like, our last Robert Mitchum, when we did Out of the Past, did we say, we need another grandpa beer drink? When Robert Osborne interviewed him in this 96 interview about this movie, he asked him, he's like, hey, so what are some of your favorite movies? He's like, I haven't seen most of them. He's like, what? I get paid to make the movies. I don't watch them all. A lot of people don't watch their own movies, I guess. I don't know. McLeod, Van Nuys Beer Company, thank you guys so much. This this is a tasty beer. I could We could each just have a six-pack, sit out in the yard in a hot Pretend day. Pretend we're in Macau. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Throw the beanbag. Put on a linen suit. Play high-low. 
So everything does start happening yeah. a little quick. Oh yeah, this is we're they're looking to wrap it up. I think Nicholas Ray took over at this point. He said, "Let's wrap this the hell up." This is when we find out this was Vince's diamond and his necklace that he sent to Hong Kong last week. Remember in the beginning when he was talking to his guy and saying, "Hey, your brother went to Hong Kong with something of mine. And he hasn't come back yet. Did he rip me off?" No, I'm thinking his brother got pinched. Yeah. That's by, exactly what happened. By Trumbull or yeah. Lieutenant Brown. We're going to continue to call him Trumbull. The whole thing, is, it, it makes little to no sense because why did he send Nick in? Unless did he see that Nick was already getting kind of involved with these people and he thought, I mean, either way, he knows this. it's a not good police work to send somebody into this danger zone. Even if you do look and go, this guy might be my in. I have no in. Trumbull's yeah. just a goofy guy that's hanging yeah, he out doesn't, the he doesn't, Yeah, he comes off as a character who you don't think he would be undermine or put people in danger. But you don't know if he's playing a role. He's got to get, yeah, he's got to get this guy. Basically, Nick's out of the picture for a bit, and Vince, back at his, the quick round, his casino. Quick reward. Oh, for some reason, I thought was the no, even and, No, even Nick says it at one point. He says, quick, quick, quick reward. But, e- easy for... Boy, this beer isn't that strong, but good <laughs> lord. he invites Julie for uh, drinks and tells Julie, you don't know this Nick character. He's a cop. He's a cop. Yeah. He's just using you to get to me. He doesn't like you, man. And what's interesting, Jason, is it's I, that is like the only moment, and it's not even that romantic, where I never got the impression Vince was all ooh-la-la for Julie. No. But Margie certainly does. And then in this, it doesn't feel like he's trying to romance her. I think, I think he's like, just possessive. Just yeah. collects things because he because he can. Because he can't exact. That's exactly. I think that he's like, listen, if Nick's out of the picture, who else do you have in Macau? You got yeah. me. So the blind beggar comes in to help because Trumbull's looking for Nick down at the docks. I think I think he suddenly realized, oh, I just probably yeah. sent that young man to his death. That was a. I didn't really think that out. And the blind beggar's like hanging out on the docks. This guy gets around. He does. Most people have to take a, a rickshaw or a car down to the docks. He's just not walking him. He walks. Back and He's forth. getting his steps in, bro. And he says, hey, you know, I heard a fight. And he finds the posy that Nick had pulled from the plant, that the, the flowers that And Julie Jason, there's a reason because, and I, this is me, I might be reading into it. A little earlier in the film, when Julie and Nick are leaving the quick reward the beggar is standing outside. Nick gives the guy money. Oh yeah. I think the beggar knows like, oh, Nick's a good guy. This is he's a good guy, and so he's. Oh, I've they, got I've got your back. And that scene, they show that scene specifically to show that Nick has made a connection to this guy. And this is Nick's got a good heart because he's broke. He got ripped off by Julie. He's getting nothing. He has no password. He's got nothing. But you know what? He's still. Hey, that guy needs some help. He'll give a blind beggar. Yeah. The last time. He's the type of guy to give the shirt off your back. He's a good guy. He's he's Mitchum, you know? So Trumbull gets on to Vince's boat and sends like a Morse code to the international police. Thank God I wasn't on the other end. I go, what the hell is that? Things aren't working out here. Isn't his message that Nick Cochran is missing? Nick Cochran's missing. So he's he's like, I got to try to save this dude. So he sends that message and they send it back, which sends Sebastian into this tizzy. He shows up and he's like, Like, Vince, he's like, don't kill this guy. You can't kill the dude. They told me I got to find Find this dude, and Vince is going, who sent that? Lieutenant Sebastian, anytime he says his name or wants to show that he's from this powerful person, he'll affect a Portuguese accent, and basically his name is like... Oh, it's like 18 things. And, and, and Vince goes, you know, lose the... Lose the, the gold braid. The gold braid. <laughs> Just like, this is Lieutenant Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> and now this is where things get weird, because they're holding Nick in this house. Margie's got him. They got the two knife guys... 
these two henchmen. And I don't know, throwing a knife, people seem to be easily knocked out or killed in this movie. True, and they got some range. Yeah. I didn't think throwing a knife was that far. So, but he tries to whistle. He sees the blind beggar, and Nick's like whistling, and it looks like it didn't work. But it did. Because the blind beggar finds this guy gets around and he's yeah. really good at finding the person yeah. he needs to find because he <laughs> finds julie and says eh, he's in trouble well she goes and you get the classic triangle nick's at the house she shows up and he's with margie so then they play it off like me and margie are shacked up together beat it don't need you yeah and I'm you're saying and she's just uh uh-uh. julie's <laughs> upset she doesn't like it meanwhile you get oh the two knife guys are just <laughs> Just, so they're, they're just standing there with their knives like you, you after the fact you better not <laughs> so of course she, she beats it and that's when she does one for my baby which is a great yeah, song yeah. sinatra really popularized yeah. it her heart is broke a little bit she's a tough tough kid yeah. sebastian and vince are still freaking out yeah. no they can't find any any trace of anybody sending a cable yeah. so they don't still don't know who did anything Sebastian's saying you can't kill Nick yeah. and Vince. I think this is when Vince finally says, "I'm going to Hong Kong." Yeah, exactly. Like all <laughs> this, this, this whole time, like I'm not gonna leave the three miles. You can't make me. And he finally's like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna have to go. I'm doing it. Somebody sent a cable. Like somebody's on to you, and it's like <laughs> the worst time to go beyond the three mile thing. And that's what he does. And then Margie frees Nick, lets yeah. him go, and but it, she has like one stipulation: when you go, take the canary, yeah. meaning Julie. Vince is mine. And this is the big chase scene. Which is very cool. It is. I mean, and this is it's a clearly a, a scene. Yeah, it's clearly a stuntman for a lot of it. Yeah, and he's running through the docks, getting away from these two henchmen. And then Trumbull also is like, I, I put Nick in danger. And yeah. He finds him at the dock. I don't know. I mean, Blind Beggar must have helped him get yeah. there because I don't know how Trumbull. Well, everybody, probably, either hanging out at the, the quick reward or you're hanging out the docks in the cap. It's pretty much. Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. So Trumbull sneaks nick a gun and then knifey like throws a knife through all that netting <laughs> and hits trumbull right in the back and of course falls in the water yeah and nick that's when he reveals out, like he says i'm the cop and by the way i settled things in new york because he had been suggesting nick hey, go home now he says you know i i squared things away Nick goes on and doesn't seem to remember what he was no, just told. No, because he, he, he remembers it differently. He kind of recalls, like, Trumbull said that if I solve this crime for him, therefore he'll have cleaned things up in New York for me. I'm like, no, he, he yeah. said, like, I, I cleared things up for you, Nick. Well, and this is where you get, like, Nick isn't necessarily, like, the big tough guy or anything because he goes to see Julie and she's throwing stuff at yeah. him and then they're talking. She it, throws it, scissors at him. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> and you see a lot of leg in this. Yes. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. She's got this like skirt with a slit up oh, the, yeah. and the legs. She's got great legs. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm never going to leave. He's, he's all like, well, he'll never leave the three mile limit. My life's ruined. Like he gets all kind of mopey and down. And then she, she's like the one that sort of figures stuff out for him. He, he's almost like that Hitchcock character yeah. that I have no idea what's going on that every man who's pulled into crazy situation yeah. except he's kind of whiny about it at this point but she's like dude he's going to hong kong tonight I and have, i'm going with him nick's character it makes sense because nick ran from new york because he thought he killed a guy and then it turns out he got all the way to china and he realized like i didn't kill no one <laughs> and so like i would have like at least said 
you know, maybe get out of state for a little bit, but he seems like he's, you're right, he's that noir character who everything is acting upon him, and he really can't think his way out, like, what really is going on to me? I'm just going to bounce around right. and... we're at the end. Yes. They knock out the pilot of the boat. He walks with her down to the boat. She's going to Hong Kong with, with Vince, and he ends up, because, remember, he said, I can pilot anything yeah. that floats. Vince is in the, in the down in the boat, and he goes, probably by the three-mile three mile limit by now. Ooh, <laughs> and of and course, it, we hear a siren. It's a siren from the, the international, international police. police. Right? That's a that's the official international police siren, I believe. At the three miles when yes. you break it. And so, of course, you get your you know you get your fight, Mitchell, which is Mitchell like Vince. the shortest fight scene. It kind of is anticlimactic. It There's is. nothing I can really tell you. I think they fall, they jump fall into a boat at one point. There's because usually in a good fight yeah. scene, there's things you remember. Because yeah, these are the villain versus the hero of your movie. This is, yeah, this is it. And it's basically like one punch, then they fall into the ocean. He has Vince knocked out, and he brings he swims over to the international police and like here's a. And this is great. He goes, okay, here's the guy you're looking for. Yeah. And they go, well, what about trouble? He goes, that guy didn't make it. Yeah. And everybody's like, Man. and they go, come on up. He goes, no, I gotta do something. Yeah. And they He's, go, see you later. He swims back to Vince's boat, and he gets up. What was that in the line? You better said, get used to me fresh out of the shower. Exactly. Whoa. <laughs> and then a kiss, and that ends. Macau in quotation marks. Yeah. Was it common at the time to put the title of the movie in quotation marks? It is odd, but I think that was something. It was like, some, are you quoting somebody? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the pitch. But, I mean, I guess, you know, here we get to the part where, do you recommend it? Well, you know, it's my movie choice. I do recommend it. This is not an award-winning movie. No. And you're, you're going into this movie, and you're going to watch it for a couple reasons. I'm going to use what my wife said. It's a thin movie. But it has Robert Mitchum and Jane Russell playing, basically, Robert Mitchum and Jane Russell in their movies. Her dresses are great. Yeah. Her cos- the costuming across, because her and Margie are fantastic. Absolutely. And you have these bit characters from Gloria Graham to the actor who played William Bendix, who played yeah. Lawrence Trumbull. It's great. Don't act, I mean, everybody in it, I, I would agree with you that Brad Dexter, his portrayal of Vince Holler wasn't, was a weak link. It's a, it's a fun, thin movie. It's an example of how star power yeah. can elevate a lacking product. Yeah. If it was two no-names or something, I would probably not be no. speaking they, as enthusiastically about it. Because the dialogue is fantastic. It is. It's quick, just charmed by, you know, those two going on and on and i would recommend if you could i have it on a word archive but once again like it was it's on the internet archive to me. it's on the internet archive that's where that's where i, I what think. about what about you you had, ah, you had yeah. not seen it at, at to this no point. i have heard of it but i've never seen it yeah, so this is my first time i enjoyed it it's escapism it's an example of what stars can do again you're always doing like the drinking yeah. game thing it's like drink every time vince mentions the three mile limit. Yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> you know? Sunday afternoon, you watch a movie like this where it's not something where you have to keep focused on because you're watching it for the actors. The thing is, if you focus on it, you become more confused. Yeah, exactly. I think if you're just kind of in and out, checking it out, you go, wow, that's a great dress. She looks great. Oh my God, that's a great line. She is sassy. She's, 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 you don't mess around with her. Man, Robert Mitchum's cool. Wish I could walk into a room like that. <laughs> These beers are great with it. Oh, absolutely. Van Ice. This is a killer beer. It's a hammock movie 
with a hammock beer. Oh, you know what? I what I was gonna say earlier was I, I when we were drinking, I, I was like, I almost felt like we should have a bourbon on the side. You know, this is like a beer and a bourbon type of beer for me. I just thought, and it feels like a Mitchum thing to do. You have a nice, nice crisp lager and a, a bourbon on the side, and just yeah, here we go. So, but we we do have to keep coherent. <laughs> McLeod Van Nuys Beer Company. Thank you guys so much for supporting Absolutely. us. Thank you. I got to get you there. This place yes. is really, really cool. If you're in this area, put it on your list. Any other final comments or? I'm satisfied. I think we had a good, good how, time with this. I, you know, I was thinking like, how many arcade movies have we done so far? Oh well, we're beer and B movies, so we're gonna cover a lot B, of them. B movies, <laughs> RKOs. Like uh, my only final comment is like, generally people don't know about this movie. But the making of this movie would be a great television miniseries. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sort of like the, the one they did about Citizen Kane. Yeah. All the strange things that went on in making this, and you read about it, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm surprised that you were able to finish this. Like, I, just don't know, Hughes, like, I, I just don't know who you get to play Robert Mitchum. And if yeah. you say Hugh Jackman, I'm going to just throw this microphone <laughs> at you. I, I love Hugh Jackman, but I'm like, that's just lazy thinking to, to say Hugh Jackman. Anyway, all right. (laughs) Please like, subscribe, and comment wherever you listen. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And check out our website. This is Beer and Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael.